Hey, podcast world. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. This is going to be a different kind of episode today because this is my firstborn that we're talking to. It's really fun that we get to have Jill's daughter, Quinn McCormick, as our guest today. And she is a college senior now. She's just completed her junior year. And she is really opening up to tell us about her college journey. And we hope that you will share this episode with so many of your connections in life of students that are just beginning college. Maybe they're right in the middle of it. And we had an amazing conversation today. Quinn talks about dealing with loneliness when she first got to college and open doors for ministry. And she shares about the authentic time she had of dealing with doubts and how real that those doubts are. Our college students today are facing a really hard world of knowing what they believe, why they believe it, and how to stand firm in that in the midst of all the different world religions that are prevalent. So she talks authentically about that. She had a really rough semester, sophomore year, so we kind of walked through that of all the things that happened. Um, there was the doubts and the, and the confusion. There was a situation of sexual harassment that she had to face, a breakup, a death of a friend. So we pretty much hit a lot of things that year. I mean, it's a lot. And honestly, when we think about our children heading off to college, we would love to be able to protect and give them the perfect bow on top with no pain and no struggles. But honestly, God meets us in our struggles. And as parents, we can't fix everything. And we actually need to step back and pray for them and let God teach the lessons he's going to teach. And I think Jill's a great example of how she, as a mom, was able to be an example to Quinn and let her just work things out and pray through her whole time of struggling and being there for her. But it was rough. So so as you listen in, just know this is a, an authentic conversation that we want to encourage you with. Here we are. So this is a different kind of interview today because this is my very own daughter, Quinn McCormick. That's so, right. Thanks for coming, Quinn. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for saying yes. We are really <laughs> grateful, and this is going to be so exciting to have a younger perspective, and we're hoping that listeners are going to be able to recognize that this is something to share with all of the people in their lives that are in this place of heading into college, they're walking through it, they may feel like they're the only one dealing with hardships in college, and so we're just thankful that you're willing to talk about all these things that you're going to share today, so thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. So tell us a little bit about Quinn McCormick. Um, so I've grown up in Owasso. Um, I grew up at First Baptist Owasso, and I'm really thankful to have had parents who were Christ followers and who um, really guided my brother and I um, to love God and to learn about God. And, um, and so I'm really thankful to have grown up in a church family that um, really did feel like family and um, was super involved in our youth group, got to lead worship there, um, and just really felt known there, really felt valued there, and really felt like it was a safe place. And um, I got to have a lot of really close friendships in, in that youth group, and so that was cool, too, to have um, a group of friends that, you know, believed what I believed, and we could keep each other accountable and be learning together. And you're at school and church together. Yeah, so um, I was really thankful to have that group of friends, both at church and school. I know every parent out there is sitting there thinking, oh, that's what I want for my kids. <laughs> it's so great that you felt that way and that the youth group was a lifeline of friendships and discipleship for you. And you really started pretty young. Weren't you pretty young when you were asked to lead worship for the first time? What grade were you in? Yeah, so um, I've always sang... But, and in the, the church we were at before in Oklahoma City, I had sang a couple of times in like little kid shows and um, performances and stuff like that. But um, when we came to Owasso, uh, the first time I actually ever sang at church, I think I was in seventh grade, and um, 
the music minister at the time knew I could sing and was like, well, you can, you know, prepare a song and sing on a Sunday night. And so that was the first time I'd ever sang at First Baptist Owasso. And I remember just being so nervous. And um, I remember the dress I wore. And I remember that my dad <laughs> played on the stage with me. Oh, and remember which song you used? Yeah, which I sang Revelation song. Oh, yeah. And so, um, and I just remember, like, after that performance, just feeling so at peace and happy and and um, proud that I had, you know, had the courage to go up and do that. And so that kind of opened up the door for me to get to sing more. Um, and then when I was in eighth grade, um, the youth pastor at the time who also led the worship band, um, he pulled me aside and just said, hey, I would really like for you to come to a practice and get involved in worship. Um, I think, you know, this would be something you'd be really good at. And um, and so I went, I showed up to the first um, praise band rehearsal. I was in eighth grade. Everyone else in the band was a senior in high school. So mm-hmm. I felt very, very um, inadequate and scared. And I remember um, at that first practice, um, the our youth pastor, he told me to kiss the mic, which meant to just bring it closer to my mouth so that you could hear me more. But I literally thought he was telling me to kiss the mic. <laughs> so I leaned over and kissed the mic. Oh, and, my goodness. Um, just felt so dumb. But That's so funny. Yeah, that was a, a huge part of my high school experience was to get to be a part of that band. Um, but she came out of the womb singing. Like, she was harmonizing in the car with Sean at four or five years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And for those of you listening, I just hope you can. Uh, we're going to try to figure out a way to let you hear her voice because <laughs> her voice is powerful and awesome. She's not going to say that but because she's a very humble spirit. But Quinn's voice is very special. And God has gifted her in a very significant way with a unique voice that reaches. And she's using, I'm sure you'll share even more about this later, but it is a big part of your life and ministry now. So it's a pretty special part of who you are that God has blessed you with the voice you have. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So you graduated in 2016 (laughs) (laughs) from Owasso High School and then went to college. Mm -hmm. And where did you, what did you think college was going to be? Where did you think you were going? Um, So I remember always being just really, kind of fearful of college that always just sounded so scary and grown up and transitions are hard and yeah and I'm uh, someone who significant change is difficult for me a lot of times for me to get readjusted and feel comfortable again in a new situation so college was always something that seemed really scary to me and I remember senior year preparing for that you know applying to colleges and um, really having no idea where I wanted to go what I wanted to do it was just a really um, scary time, kind of um, exciting, but also just like really nerve wracking, not having a solid plan. Um, but coming from a big high school, always going to big schools, I liked being out of big school. I liked, um, you know, being around diverse group of people, having a lot of um, options as far as classes, programs, clubs, things like that um, was really cool to have experienced at Owasso. And so I always knew that I wanted to go to a bigger college um and most of the schools I applied to were bigger schools um I really loved the U of A thought it was just a beautiful campus I already knew people there so that was kind of um what I where I thought I would end up um and then I learned through my uncle about um scholarship programs at Rogers State University they have uh it's called the honors program and the president's leadership class And so he knew about those programs because he's the track and cross-country coach at RSU. And so um, he had known people in the programs, and they're both full-ride scholarships. So um, it was definitely something my parents encouraged me to apply for, and it was something that, you know, seemed like a cool opportunity and something that I should at least try. And And for our listeners that may not know, tell us how far away, miles-wise, RSU is from where your parents live. Mm -hmm. Um, that may have factored into how you felt about an issue. <laughs> yeah. I want to say it's, like, maybe about, like, 15 miles away. Yeah, it's about 20, 25 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. So not super far, which 
is not a bad thing, but I definitely... But U of A is about two hours away. Yeah, when I thought of college, yeah. I always thought of, you know, you move off, you go at least a couple hours away, kind of, you know, start this new life. And so that's kind of what I had in my head, of the picture of what my college experience would be. And so, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with RSU. It was just, it's a smaller school. Um, it's a D2 school and, you know, only about 25 minutes away. So it just wasn't really on my radar until my uncle told me about those programs. And so I ended up applying for both of the programs. Um, and I kind of was really conflicted at this time, um, not knowing where I should go, not knowing, you know, how I was going to make this decision. And so I prayed that, um, if God wanted me to go go to RSU, that he'd give me a clear sign by, you know, paving the way for me to have a full ride scholarship there. Um, and, you know, lifting that financial burden and that would be a clear signifier that this is, you know, the route I should go. And so that was the prayer that I'd prayed. And um, I went through the process of applying to both programs. There were interview processes for both um, and came out of those feeling pretty good. Like I'd done the best I could and, you know, it was in God's hands and then I got a call pretty soon that I'd actually gotten into both programs. I think you got a sign. Yeah. yeah. And, like only two or three people a year get both programs. They don't, I mean, like even that's even a smaller amount than that get these scholarships and even a smaller amount than that get both. Wow. So that was a very significant, important thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely took that as um, a sign that that's where I was supposed to be. And I definitely had a lot of conflicted feelings about that. Um, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, thank goodness my decision's been made, you know, everything's good. Because it definitely wasn't, you know, what I had in my head of where I would be or what my college experience would look like. Um, and so kind of reconciling that and saying, you know, I trusted God with this decision and I asked for this sign and it was given to me, and so this is what I'm going to do. And um, it was definitely a, a bittersweet kind of thing. You know, I was really thankful for the opportunity, and I am still so thankful that the financial burden of college is not something that I've had to stress about or worry about, um, which is really cool, and I think I probably won't appreciate that <laughs> until later in life, you know. Um, My mom and dad do. <laughs> oh, yes. And I know you'll probably have friends that are <clears throat> beginning the process of paying off enormous mm -hmm. student loans. And that's just a, a huge blessing that you don't, you don't have to even think about student loans. So what a great gift that God provided your scholarships. It's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. So how was freshman year? At, you get moved into Rogers State because yes. do, she does live there. She doesn't live at home. She lives on campus. Yeah, which I think is definitely important um, and was always something I wanted to do was to live at the school I was going to. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful that my scholarship covers that and allows me to do that. So, yeah, I moved in. Um, and thankfully with my scholarship programs, we had kind of some retreat type events before school started to get to know the program and um, our fellow members of the scholarship program and that was really helpful to go into college kind of having a group of people already um, and we had you know like a welcome week called Hill Camp and so I went to that as well and got to start building relationships and um, that definitely helped ease the um, you know the stress of moving into a new place but um, it definitely wasn't easy and um, going from high school where I had such a solid group of people, a support system, friends of, you know, like-minded people around me to this new environment where um, the people were really different. And um, I was meeting some really cool people, but it just, it was hard because I was without, you know, everything I'd known. And I know that a lot of people in that transition to college have to go through that and, um, and you do feel like you're the only one struggling. You're the only one not feeling comfortable or not, you know, starting to feel like it's home there. But even talking to my friends at other schools, at big schools, um, they were kind of feeling the same thing, that loneliness. Mm -hmm. I think a big thing for me and for a lot of people I've talked to for their freshman year is just 
like lonely. Like you just feel really lonely a lot of the time. Um, and I think it is just because you're in that transition period and you're figuring everything out and you, you have all these people around you going through the same thing, but it still feels like you're the only one who's having a hard time with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was really difficult for me, my freshman year to just kind of feel just really lonely. I just, when I think of my freshman year, not that there weren't good things that happened and, you know, good experiences, but I really do think of a time of loneliness and, Mm -hmm. um, sadness, which is hard to say. Maybe incoming freshmen might want to just prepare themselves to think it's not going to be the end of the world for me to deal with a feeling of loneliness Mm -hmm. because there may be even times that you really have a sweetness with the Lord that you wouldn't have if you felt fully surrounded with tons of people you know and trust and instead all you have is the Lord. Mm -hmm. So maybe Mm -hmm. our freshmen that are incoming freshmen listening to this, we can just encourage them that just like Quinn, that if you go through that, you're not alone. That many, many freshmen, probably close to 100% of the freshmen, are dealing with the very same thing. Yeah. And on the parents' end, it was hard because I I knew I could read it on her face. I knew she wasn't so excited like she thought she was going to be being at college. And it was a hard transition for her, and transitions have always been hard for her. So it was difficult, but knowing that God was, like, telling me this is something she has to walk through. And you can't fix it. And I can't fix it, yeah. Yeah. You can't call the other kids' moms. (laughs) I can't call her professor. Uh, I can't walk her class. Our kids go to college together. (laughs) So why don't you tell your child to be nice to my child? (laughs) That's really not a bad, not a good idea, parents, just in case any of you were thinking about doing that. Don't do it. Yeah, and I think that um, freshman year doesn't have to be super hard. And, you know, I know a lot of people that, do immediately find those people and just jump in and have a blast and I think that's awesome but just my personal experience my freshman year is really hard in ways that I hadn't experienced um and I felt very pushed outside of my comfort zone um you also got an opportunity though freshman year for church ministry another cool thing that happened through being at RSU um and I think it was really God's provision was um through a family friend who played um, at Life Church, he let me know that they had an opening for a vocalist. Um, David Simons. Yes. <laughs> and which was something that I'd never really thought about, never considered, never um, really attended Life Church. You know, it wasn't something I knew a lot about. Um, and he was like, hey, I think you'd be really good at this. We have an opening. Um, you know, you should apply online. And I was like, yeah, well, thank you for telling me. Um, I'll think about it, but I kind of didn't really think it was something I'd want to do because, you know, I was going through that transition period and I felt very overwhelmed with the schoolwork. Um, another thing, being in the honors program, my freshman year was really hard academically, and so I just felt overwhelmed and figured it would be something that was really time-consuming, and so I was just kind of like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, and I didn't really hear anything about it for probably a couple months, and then he reached back out to me and was like, hey, like, um, they still have that opening and um, you should really think about it. And it's not like super time consuming. They don't even practice during the week. You just show up on Sunday or Saturday, whenever the services are that you're scheduled for and you have a sound check and you do the services. And so um, that was surprising to me that it wouldn't, it wasn't something that was going to, you know, take up a bunch of time during my week and so I was like okay maybe this is something um that I could do and so I did apply online and submitted like a video and all the things that go with the application and um then I went to the Broken Arrow campus and auditioned in person and um yeah I was welcomed onto the worship team and so I so exciting yeah it was a really cool experience and it was again, something that really pushed me outside of my comfort zone, outside of what I'd done, because I had sang in church and at school and things like that, but I'd never done anything like this and on the level um, of production and um, just kind of the expectations that they placed on their musicians there. And 
So it was definitely kind of overwhelming at first, but it was a really, really cool experience. And I'm really thankful that, um, that I was able to get plugged in in that way because I was um, still so close to home. And wasn't it just a great fit? You just loved it, right? Yeah, yeah. It was really fun. And everyone there was just so nice, so welcoming. Um, and I really did feel like I was getting better every week and kind of getting pushed in ways that I hadn't been pushed before and kind of seeing worship and music and, you know, my place in that in a different light. Mm -hmm. So I really was thankful to be there. We watched from, you know, just videos that your mom would post or, you know, things that I would see. But uh, honestly, the silver lining for you is awesome. But the sad part for First Baptist Owasso was (laughs) we miss Quinn. (laughs) We don't get to hear you anymore because you are serving and you're ministering in other places. And and that's, you know what, you're we want our kids to grow up and and have the wings to fly. So we're not, it's not like we don't want you to do that. I just miss the opportunity to get to see you and hear you and and be a part of the worship when you're leading. So And she was at the Broken Arrow campus, and she's now at Katusa. Yeah, so um, I was at Broken Arrow for, I think, about a year and a half, and then um, the opportunity came up that they were opening a Katusa campus. And, again, it was something that I... I knew was happening, didn't really think much of it, didn't really ever plan on leaving the campus I was at, um, and it was kind of a God thing, again, because the door was opened for me to go to Katusa and be a part of the opening of that campus, um, which, cool. yeah, and it was, again, an opportunity I didn't, I wasn't really seeking out, I wasn't expecting, um, just something that God kind of allowed to happen, and... I am so, so thankful that that did happen because um, being at Katusa has been super life-changing for me. Um, and getting plugged in there, getting to be a part of, you know, seeing a campus open and getting to kind of get to be a part of setting the, the culture of worship there and in that community. Um, and the cool thing about the Katusa location is that Um, it's surrounded by a lot of smaller communities. And so it reaches way beyond just the Katusa community. And actually the land that it was built on used to be um, a trailer park where there was a lot of um, drug rings, prostitution rings, um, things like that happening. And now that land's gotten to be restored and, you know, people get to come every week and learn about Jesus. And there's actually an attender that used to go to that location to buy his drugs and, you know, um, live in that lifestyle. Wow. And now he, you get to see kind of the, the 360 that his life has taken and that God's done. And he now Such gets redemption. To, mm-hmm. to, yeah, see the redemption of that land and of his life. And so it's just been really cool to be a part of. And I just feel like I've grown even more, gotten a lot of leadership opportunities. Um, I feel very invested in, and, um, like I'm being raised up to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to students who are listening to this as they are facing unknown parts of their journey, a bend in the road that they didn't know, they didn't anticipate, but would you encourage them to walk through those open doors? What would you say to those freshmen or other, not just freshmen, but all of us, what would you encourage us to do? Yeah, I think that you know, not just college, but life obviously is um, full of so many unknowns, and we have a plan and, you know, things that we would want to happen, things that we think should happen, but at the end of the day, there's so much out of our control and so much we don't know, and it seems like every time, you know, we make plans, they get messed up, and um, that's usually for the better, and I think especially when you are trying to seek the Lord and, um, you know, desiring his will that in those changes and in those unknown situations that he's going to bring about something that's way better than we planned and, you know, way beyond what we had in our imagination because we're so limited in what we can see. And, um, and I think that's just really cool that there can be that piece of whatever happens, you know, 
it's not a surprise to God, and right. he is working all things for his glory, and so I think that just kind of reconciling that, the fear of that unknown, but with the peace that um, that God knows what's going to happen. Right. So good. So you got through freshman year, and then sophomore year hit. Yes. Was so it smooth sailing next year? Um, Not quite. Mm-hmm. So... Towards the end of freshman year, it definitely did get easier, and I did get to build some strong friendships and connect with people, and um, it definitely started to feel more like home, and I started to, you know, get the schedule down and um, feel more comfortable in that environment. And so going into sophomore year, I felt a lot more peace, kind of felt like, okay, like, I can do this. I know what I'm walking into, Um, and I got to live in a new dorm with a group of close friends and so I was excited about that I got to have my own little room um and so going into sophomore year I felt a lot better so in sophomore Mm -hmm. year I got to take a class called um comparative religion and I was really excited to take the class because I've always been um just super interested in um learning about religions learning about other cultures um just getting to um, see how beliefs came about and how they intersect and, you know, just all of that. So I was just really excited to even learn more about, um, what I believe as well. And, and it was a super impactful class and it was so interesting and all the things we learned and really just kind of broadened my eyes, my worldview made me realize how much I didn't know because I came into college feeling pretty confident about, Um, where I was spiritually, and I mean, I feel like I've always been pretty independent in my own faith, in my own spiritual walk, in my own um, opinions and beliefs, and I've Mm -hmm. always been very passionate about about what I feel, what I believe, and so going into college, I was like, you know, maybe my faith will be challenged, but I didn't think um, anything would really shake me or my foundation, and that was a very cocky view to have and this class definitely proved me wrong on that and um looking at all these world religions and looking at Christianity as well from an academic standpoint rather than a Sunday school standpoint is so different and um reading the Bible in a class full of um you know people who don't believe in the words that we're reading um and picking apart these passages and um it was just so different and it was very um it was really challenging for me and we in that class we tackled really hard subjects like why do um atrocities happen we read night by Ellie Wiesel you know why if if a god exists how can these things happen how can you reconcile human suffering with a god and just like really big questions like that and um I found myself really really being shaken to the core and you know I find my identity in being a Christ follower and believing um, in Jesus and so for me not that I hadn't had doubts and questions before I mean that's just a natural part of life but I never had doubts to the extent that I did while taking that class I mean I truly did feel shaken to the core of who I was and where I found my identity, my worth, what my family believed. And it was a really scary time in that I felt really alone in that fear. And I feel like in the church, we don't really talk about that kind of foundation-shaking doubt. We talk about doubt, but kind of in a, um, like, small doubts, I feel. And I'd never experienced this just huge questioning of everything of everything I'd ever been taught everything my parents had ever told me and I'd ever learned and felt almost ashamed that I was feeling that way and just very alone in that in that like you know the Christian friends around me weren't going through that and I didn't think that they would really understand the gravity of what I was feeling and so I felt very and you didn't want a Sunday school answer it away anyway yeah And so I kind of felt very alone in that time and just really 
crying out to God, but it was like, is anyone even listening? You know, mm-hmm. is sounds like a dark time. It was, um, but at the same time, I think it was a really beautiful time because I think that in order to believe something truly, you have to doubt it and you have to see the alternatives and um, kind of go through that fire um, to make that faith real. And I think in that time was when I had really honest conversations with God of like, you know, I don't know if anyone's listening, but this is how I'm feeling. And I don't, I don't like feeling this way, but if you're real, you know, show me that you're real. And I think a really comforting thing, um, I think my dad actually was the one who told me this, but just that, you know, if God is real, then he's not scared of our questions and our doubts. That's Um, so true. And he's not mad at me for feeling this way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an easy way to feel that he's, you know, disappointed in us for doubting him. Um, And that's not the case. And um, I felt very thankful for my parents in that time and thankful for the relationship I had with them and that I could share these feelings and doubts with them. And, um, you know, they didn't freak out and try to throw scripture at me, but they just kind of met me where I was and recognized that, that it's okay to feel that way and that it's normal to go through these seasons. And um, they were really patient with me and walking me through that. And so just kind of slowly, um, more and more, I, I just kind of remembered, you know, growing up in church and all the things I'd experienced and the mission trips I'd been on and the lives I'd seen changed and um, just the realness of that. And so many times when I felt God in my life and seen him do things and it just kind of, I slowly felt myself moving out of that dark period. But at the same time, I was left with um, a better understanding of how a lost person feels. Mm-hmm. And growing up in church, um, obviously there was a time when um, I was lost, but I was really young. And so um, seeing the the difference between, you know, my life before Christ and my life after, it's not the super drastic change because it's just, you know. How old were you when you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Um, I think I was eight. Yeah, she was about eight. Right. So as an eight-year-old, you probably weren't having huge you know, dark traumas with right. sin that is on a vast scale. <clears throat> you you probably had a similar uh, before and after as far mm-hmm. as knowing that you were still secure and loved. But that's a beautiful part of your story, too, that God chose to teach you in this very important time in your life that, yes, you can wrestle, mm-hmm. and yes, you can come out victorious. Mm-hmm. And that we don't have to check our brains at the door and right. say, well, I can't yeah. really, I can't doubt this because then I must not be a really right. good Christian. Right. But instead, we can really dig deep and wrestle with all kinds of questions and fears and thoughts and what do other people believe and why and that God can handle it. Yeah. And yeah. the Bible tells us to search and we'll find it. Mm-hmm. So that's what, and that's what I told her. I said, just go search it. That's what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, she kind of, and it was hard to watch her wrestle through that. But that again, that was some that was her journey, and she had to she had to do it by herself. And Another you thing fix I it. couldn't fix. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to the college students out there who are feeling the exact same way, and they're maybe in a really dark place of doubt right now? Um, I think that college is definitely a transformative time in a lot of ways, and I think that I knew that going in to college and I wanted to be challenged and I wanted to, um, you know, be tested, but, um, it's really hard when you're in the midst of it. And I think that to expect that and to welcome it and also be prepared for it, um, and not feel guilty for having those doubts and to look at both sides, because I think it's really easy when you're in that, um, just really dark place to, um, to not really want to seek out the truth or to not want to go to the Bible for answers because you don't feel, you don't trust it anymore, you know? And so, but I think to try to push past that and to look at, um, 
look at the situations from all sides and reach out to leaders um, and people that can just keep you accountable and invest in you and pray with you and just walk with you through that and not make you feel like a bad Christian for feeling that way. Um, But to just acknowledge that it's okay. One thing that I love that you shared is that you just talked to the Lord through it. That you said, even in the midst of your doubts of even, is there a God that you continue to pray? And that you said, if you're there, here's what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And I don't like how I'm feeling. And you just told him honestly, this is where I am. So I love it that he met you there. I love it that he brought you to a closer, closer relationship with him through it. That now you've been able to see, looking back over your shoulder, God brought me through this. He did it. And she's a big journaler, and I think you journaled a lot through all this, right? Yeah, um, I mean, there have definitely been times where I'm not as consistent as I would like to be, but um, especially for my freshman year, going back and looking at that, it's really sad. I mean, I really, I was really honest in my journal about how I was feeling and what I was going through, what I wanted, um, and so... It is interesting to be able to go look at that and to be thankful that I'm not in that place anymore, but to kind of see the mindset that I was in Mm -hmm. was valuable to have. Right. Um, So so you got through that semester. Yes. um, And that was definitely not the last thing my sophomore year that I had to go through. I seemed, when I think of my sophomore year, I think of it kind of in this series of events that happened um and each one was really impactful in a different way um one situation that I've dealt with in college it actually started my freshman year um and it was with um a person that I trusted a lot that I loved a lot had a lot of faith in um valued their friendship a lot um And there were some things that happened my freshman year that made me really uncomfortable. Um, And I think that it's easy to think of situations and how we would would react and think, um, oh, I would never let this happen. Or, you know, if something like this were were happening, I'd immediately stop it. But I think when you're you're in the midst of those uncomfortable, you know, um, sexual situations, you don't always know how you're going to react. And so there were some things that happened my freshman year that just made me really uncomfortable um, and just didn't sit right with me, but were never really addressed. Um, And it was kind of this weird um, dichotomy of these things are happening, but the person that is doing them is someone that I really love and trust and know really well. And so surely it's an so accident. Feel, I'm sure very conflicted. Yeah, and it's the super weird compartmentalization, I think, that you are able to do. Um, and and so those situations happened. Um, we're never really addressed, kind of just moved on from that. Um, and it was just kind of a bizarre time. And so then in my sophomore year... Um, things kind of escalated and there was a specific situation that happened in my dorm um, that really just shook me Um, and I remember waking up my roommate um, at like 2 30 a.m. and I was just shaking and crying and I was telling her what was happening and she was half half asleep trying to understand what I was saying trying to process because you know this was someone that um, we all knew and loved and knew in a certain way and it was just really bizarre to to go through a situation like that um, that was caused by someone that you love and you know so well um, and just like you know how could this person do that maybe maybe they didn't mean it you know um, questioning the whole nature of our friendship um, it was just really strange and it was difficult that that specific situation had happened in my dorm, which, you know, is the place that I go to every day, that I want to feel safe in, that I um, relax in. 
And so, and it was kind of hard for me to be there after it had happened. And um, I remember the, the day after that specific situation happened, I felt very strange, like in a daze. Um, and I remember being in class and having this weird desire to just tell everyone what had happened just because I couldn't believe it and not in a way of you know look what this person did but just like can you believe this happened to me like what am I supposed to do you know I just had this desire to just talk to everyone about it which is super weird and not um not really how I usually am yeah it's not in my nature but and I I didn't I resisted the urge um But I just remember sitting in class, you know, not really paying attention to what was happening and just kind of in a daze and was fearful that I would run into that person, um, felt weird about being in my dorm. It was just super, super bizarre time. And I'm really thankful for my roommates and my friends at the time because um, they were right there beside me when that happened and they were really protective of me and... um, they did things in the dorm um, to make me feel more comfortable, to make me feel more safe. And that was just a huge, a huge um, blessing to have in that time because I really don't know what I would have done without that strong support system. And I think going through that situation made me realize um, how many people I have around me that are really there for me, you know, in the hard things and in the difficult situations. Um, did you have to set some... I don't know, did it change the way you related to that friend? Did it change your, your boundaries? Did What happened then? Yeah, it changed everything. Um, and <clears throat> kind of the process of dealing with everything and um, reconciling everything that had happened in my mind was just really hard. Um, you know, not only the situations that had happened, but um, that my friendship with that person, you know, had ended, which was hard to deal with in itself. Um, that person, as I knew them, had changed. You know, just questioning again the nature of our friendship and every situation that had ever happened, and um, those things that had happened freshman year that were never dealt with, just came right back up and reminded me of all of that that I'd pushed down that had never been dealt with. Um, and so it just kind of really threw me for a loop and um, made me question everything, you know, again, in a different way. And um, and it was a really lonely time as well because, you know, it, it was something that I was going through that, and that had happened to me. And it's not that people didn't want to be there for me, but they hadn't experienced it. And so I felt very alone in that situation and those feelings and, you know, didn't want to be talking about all the time and, um, you know, making everyone relive my problems all the time. Um, but at the same time, all I wanted to do was talk about it and talk through it and process it. Um, and so it was just a really strange time trying to deal with all those emotions, trying to figure out the best way to handle it. Um, and to be respectful of, of that person as well, because I still loved them and I still cared about them. Um, and wanted the best for them, but... Have you been able to forgive that person? Yeah, and so that um, has been another really cool thing. Through that whole situation, um, I've gotten to see um, the reconciling power of God and how he can transform things that we think are terrible into something beautiful. And... um, I have forgiven that person and we have been able to reconcile as much as, you know, we can. And I've gotten to see them grow so much and change. And, um, and it was also hard to watch them walk through this time because they were experiencing hurt and pain, um, as well. And, um, I didn't want to discount that and discredit their pain as well because they were, also experiencing a lot of loss and a lot of guilt and shame and um we were both struggling you know in different ways and um I know that even though the situation was really hard and I don't think either of us would ever want to relive that um I also I wouldn't change it because 
I think that both of us, because of it, are very different people, and we've learned so much, and, um, you know, that, that relationship has been restored as much as, um, it probably can be, and, um, and I think that both of our lives have been restored, um, from that situation, um, I think we both healed, and we're able to actually, you know, talk about everything, um, after the fact, and kind of work through that, and pray for each other, and it just kind of really opened my eyes to how messy life can be, and how messy relationships can be, and how, um, good people can do really terrible things, and that doesn't mean they're a bad person, and that doesn't change, you know, who they are, who God says they are, but it happens, and people are capable, we're, you know, we're all capable of a lot of, a lot of things, right, that we wouldn't think. I mean, our, our every single one of us, the biggest problem we're ever going to face is our own sin mm-hmm. that can wreck our lives, so every one of us, every person, how could we ever say, I would never, you know, yeah, it's so, we don't know what we're, what, Satan would love to trip us up, yeah. he would love to, as Genesis 4-7 says, he's crouching at our door. He desires to have us. And we have to master whatever it is that is beginning to trip us up. So what did you, I guess, as you've walked through this and now see a future ahead of you of possible relationships and, you know, how do you think you'll face things that may or may not come up? Like you said, things happened your freshman year that, you just felt uncomfortable and and it just kind of got brushed under the rug. If those same things ever were to happen again, would you change what your response was or how would you handle it? Yeah, I definitely um, opened my eyes to those types of situations and how easy it is for things like that to happen and um, how prevalent situations like that are Mm -hmm. in life and in the lives of a lot of women and men as well. But it definitely made me realize too that if something happens that I'm uncomfortable with or um, just feel weird about that, you know, it's in my power to stop it and to talk about it and to address it with that person. And I think that um, it's not in my personality to be super confrontational or, you know, have those hard conversations, but it's really necessary, especially, you know, in those uncomfortable situations. So I definitely feel... Um, like I would handle something like that really differently in the future. And I hope that, you know, I never have to experience it again. But Me too. <laughs> I know that, you know, it's in my power to not allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. And this was yet another thing that mama couldn't fix. Yeah, this is so a tough like year as a parent, parent too. Yeah, it was very difficult as a parent, too. It was. Watching that. This is a lot of pain that you are having to just pray your daughter through. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And then there's lot. there was even more, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, after all that had happened, um, and that had happened right, right before finals week of first semester. And so luckily I got um, a Christmas break to come home and be with my friends and kind of have a break from school and process everything. And so, um, again, I think in God's mercy, he allowed um, me to have that break to deal with everything, but, and this wasn't a situation where it was like, I don't want people to think like it was an extreme situation. We just let it go. It was not anything like that. Like if there's serious sexual offense, then you have to take that to authorities and you have to do things. Right. So if we have listeners that are wondering that situation, it was just, it was just something that was very uncomfortable. Right. But it was not, I don't want anybody to think that we were just sweeping something under the rug because that's not at right, all right. the message we want to send. So, um, But after all of that had happened, um, when I came back to school for a second semester and, you know, tried to get used to being back in the dorm and kind of re- reprocessing things. Um, and it definitely got easier as the semester went by to, you know, think about it less and less and to associate my dorm, you know, less and less with what had happened um, and just feel comfortable there again. Um, And then pretty soon after that, 
I went through a breakup um, with someone that I'd dated for about a year and someone who I'd known for a really long time and just was a really, really important person in my life. And during really both years of college, I've just been in this weird place and just a lot of spiritual development and growth and personal growth, um, figuring myself out. And I just kind of came to a place where I felt like um, that was something I needed to do alone and it wasn't fair for me to be in a relationship with someone if I didn't feel like um, I really could be all there and really give what I needed to give in that relationship. Um, And that was a really hard decision to make because I did care so much for that person um, and it wasn't anything that they had done. You know, I couldn't point to something and say, um, this is why the relationship needs to end. It was just um, this feeling I had. And um, and so uh, I ended that relationship and that was just really hard because, you know, even though it was my decision, it was still, I was still going through that heartbreak as well. Um, and wrestling with that and trying to trust God in that um that he is going to be faithful in this season and you know I I just need to be focused on him and focusing on myself and um who I am what I need to do what I need to work on and becoming who I need to be and not you know um drag someone else through that so that was just another kind of um a layer of hurt that I kind of had to deal with after that just um dealing with that loss of that relationship um and just processing that and processing the season of life that I was in and you know what God was calling me to um and so that was definitely challenging and um right after my sophomore year had ended um another really big thing happened um it was pretty soon after school ended and I remember I'd had a dentist appointment that day and I was in the parking lot and I had a couple missed calls um, from my friend and I called her back, not really thinking much of it. And um, she told me that there'd been a car accident and that um, the person who was in the car accident um, had passed away. And then that person was um, one of my good friends from school who was actually one of my roommates um, so hard. Who had just graduated. Um, and so, you know, I never dealt with a loss like that. I never um, lost a friend. And that was just something I was not prepared to. I mean, you're never prepared to, to get a call like that and hear that news. But um, I remember, you know, trying to drive home and it was, I, I'd never cried like that. I'd never. Um, yeah experienced that kind of emotion and um she called me in hysterics like hysterics like I've never heard her before ever mm-hmm. and one of my principals happened to be in the office with me and she, and I was I just looked at her and she's like you gotta go go so I met Quinn at home and <clears throat> yeah her friend Opie had just graduated she was the life of the party she was beautiful going to law school and just was in a car wreck where somebody crossed the center line. Such a tragic thing. We never know when we're going to get a phone call like that. Yeah. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that loss. I'm so sorry that that happened. Um, did you reach out to God in that pain? or What, what happened next for you? Yeah. Um, so in that... Um, it was just, it was really hard, you know, on my school as a whole yes. and coming from a small school, um, she was super well-known mm-hmm. and super involved and, um, just so brilliant and such a bright future. And, um, I mean, truly everyone that she met loved her and mm-hmm. was impacted by her and at her funeral, that was really clear because there were just so many people there. Um, and she wanted, um, they wanted everyone to dress in bright colors for her funeral because that's what she would have wanted. And so um, it was just really a testament to her character and how bright she was as a person. And um, and so it was just really hard on our school as a whole. And on mm-hmm. um, she was in one of my scholarship programs. So 
on that whole program on you know me and my other roommates and her super close friends at school it was just I mean you know none of us knew how to deal with that and so it was definitely a time for us all to come together and reach out to each other and be there for each other and I'm thankful that we could do that um and you know go through that all together and be a support system for each other but uh it was just so sad it was really Mm -hmm. hard and um just losing someone that you know isn't far from my age and just had so much potential had so many plans for her future Mm -hmm. um it's just hard not to to ask God you know why why would that have happened and Mm -hmm. I really didn't um I wasn't mad at God I didn't really go through like a a cursing God stage or anything like that I was just so sad Mm -hmm. and um Jill what did you do as a parent to this uh, that was brutal that I mean it had been a rough year up to that point anyway and then that hit and it just rocked her like I've never seen so um she got back that day and then um she talked to her boyfriend at the time also and then um a couple of her friends came over and we just sat with her Mm -hmm. but um I got her into counseling after that Good, smart move, Mama. Um, it, I wanted her to go to counseling after the situation happened at Christmas, but mm-hmm. at that point, she's like, "I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to talk to somebody. I'm not there yet." And I was like, "Okay, if you're not going to talk, you're not going to talk." So when this happened, I said, "This is not even a question. I'm not even asking you. We're doing this." So mm-hmm. I sent her to mm-hmm. see somebody for a couple of times, and I mean, she she didn't she didn't go super long but she went for a few times and at least got some of that out from the whole year situation and um so that was good it's so wise to seek counsel it's so wise to ask for help with the emotions and the all these things that you're faced with so we i hope that that's one thing that our listeners hear today that it's so smart to take those concerns and to make an appointment to go and see an, an excellent counselor and process through the things that you're going through. Don't try to just sit in your room and figure it out by yourself because there are many times when in our lives we need the wisdom of someone who can walk us through. And just like you would seek help if you have a broken bone, it'd be so ridiculous to expect that you would just tough it out and let the broken bone heal on its own. It's mm-hmm. actually... The opposite happens. It it causes more problems. It it heals incorrectly. And so as you're going through a tough time in your life, please don't stay isolated and alone. Please go and and see an excellent counselor and process through and heal well so that you can see a, a bright future and not be stuck in your a sad time. Well, Quinn, the fact that you're willing to just be open and share these things that you've learned and the journey you've had is really, really special and impacting. And I just thank you that you've been brave to talk about all these things. And are there some things that you want to say, maybe just advice you want to give, or what would you say to yourself um, if you could go back in time to that Quinn that was heading out to her freshman year? Just what would you say? What are some thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? Um, I think one thing is to definitely to push past that, um, uncomfort in uncomfortable situations or, sorry, I think one thing is to push past that discomfort in, um, uncomfortable situations that happen and to, to speak up about it and to, um, to not just let things happen that you're not okay with. Um, Mm -hmm. and to realize that, you know, there are things that happen that aren't in your control and that aren't in your power, but there are also things that you do have the power to say something about and to change, and you have to be willing to do that. And um, I think that we're all stronger than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now looking back at that year, I feel it feels like it was so long ago. And, you know, it's not that I I don't still deal with a lot of things that have happened, but mm-hmm. um, it's easy to remember how hard that year was. And, um, you know, thinking back to it and just remembering everything that I went through and, um, you know, it feels like a different person, but 
it did happen and I got through it and a lot of that was because of the people around me and so a huge thing obviously in life but in college as well is to just to seek out those people that um, are going to be with you in the toughest situations that you might ever face and are going to love you and protect you um, and you know to have that support system for when things um, like this happen and that's just a huge thing in life really is that you know our, the fellowship that we have with our community with other believers um, is so important in going through life yeah so true well thank you Quinn for sharing your story yeah thank you for having me and if you all are in the neighborhood of Catoosa and you want to check out Life Church there, I think you might just see Quinn McCormick helping lead <laughs> worship. So that's a pretty exciting thing to do, too, to just uh, see her lead and, and see how God is using her gifts. So this conversation, the whole point and the, the hope of it is that someone out there listening today knows you're not alone and that... If you may face the bumps in the road in college that Quinn faced, that you're going to come through on the other side to hold strong to your faith, stand fast, and to know that you can take all your doubts and your brokenness to the Lord, and He walks you through it. And so we're just grateful you're listening and grateful to Quinn for sharing her story today. Thanks. Love you, Quinn. (laughs) Love you, too. Thanks so much for listening, and thank you again, Quinn, for sharing your story. Um, One of the books that she wanted to mention that she recommends for college students to read is Passion and Purity by Elizabeth Elliott. And also, if you would like to hear how Quinn's voice sounds and just experience it, I'm serious. She just gives you goosebumps. I would hope you'd love to listen, and um, you can click on the link that's in the show notes, and you can hear Quinn singing. We're so thankful that Quinn shared today and takes a lot of uh, bravery to talk about things that are not easy. So thanks a lot, Quinn. And we hope all of you out there know that we are doing this podcast to encourage and offer hope through Jesus to all of you listeners. So thanks for listening to episode number 18 of Afraid Not.